Welcome back to Private Club Radio. I'm your host, Denny Corby. And in this episode, back again, we have Bruce Furman, GM, CCM, CCM, GM of VYC, Venice Yacht Club. And in this episode, we are talking about going from managing a privately owned country club to a member owned country club, private club. And what's interesting is normally it goes from member owned to a privately owned club. But in this case, he worked in the privately owned and he wanted to go into the member owned because he wanted to learn about that experience. He wanted to put himself in a unique situation where he can learn and grow more. So I thought this was absolutely fascinating when I was talking to him about this off the record. And I said, hey, we have to do a podcast on this because I think it's super valuable. And I would just love to learn about what you learned. So back again for another episode, we have Bruce Furman, CCM, GM of VYC, the Venice Yacht Club. Please welcome my friend, Bruce Furman. Yeah. All right. All right. So you, your whole time in club management, you were in privately owned clubs. Right. And now you're in a member owned club. And most of the time it's the opposite. People go from member owned to private owned. You went from private owned to member owned intentionally. And when we were talking at lunch, I, I was like, you were, we were starting to talk about it. And I was like, wait, we're going to talk about it on here. I want to save everything. So tell me about that. Yeah. So very interesting that, um, y- you know, I, since the Breakers Hotel, which was also family owned, you know, back then it was Keenan family and I, they probably still do. I don't know. But, um, y- you know, it's it. Even when I transferred to Breakers West, which is a country club, it was still owned by the the same family owners of the Breakers. So it's always been private clubs since Breakers West, <clears throat> but it's it's been an individual, family, or even developer owned. And what what throws another uh, you know little. Uh, intricate thing in is that it was at for a short time I was well for a while I was with a management company so I had to please the management company the owners and and shareholders which we call them and the <laughs> member so it was and I got real good at it I thought this was normal you know taking care of all these different things um, the I think the you asked me at lunch about the biggest difference and I really thought about that a lot. I think the biggest difference to me, um, you know, my first year was learning about governance. I had no idea what this whole governance stuff was because when it's family owned or individually owned, it's it's an advisory board that basically myself and the owners could say no to. The downside is that you're a developer's GM, right? So if they ever take over, you're the sacrificial lamb, right? You're like, well, you're the developer guy, you know, you're gone. So, um, you know, and I've been involved in CMAA for a long time and, you know, they, they're all like, oh, you got to go to a member-owned club, got to go to a member-owned club. They'll take care of you. You know, it's something you have to have on your resume. So when I was up in, in North Carolina, I, you know, I, I saw Venice Yacht Club and it was time to move back to Florida and I wanted to move down because it was member run. It was it, it was governance. It was 
um, you know, committees. Um, and the, the difference is I had one advisory board and one task force. Now I have 12 committees and a board and, you know, 760 members that are all owners as well. So um, the other the other difference is when it was developer owned, it was all about lifestyle, sell a lifestyle, sell a real estate. You know, let's sell 60 homes a year. Let's let's, you know, turn them and burn them. And, you know, we're going to spend all the money we can up front to have first class facilities. You run the programming, guys. Make sure programming keeps them there. And I've opened several clubs that way with developers. And it was a great formula when you don't have a recession. Right. It works very good. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, and then on this on the on the member owned side, which has almost been five years now, I had to go through several years of, of learning, you know, the whole board run club from governance to rules and regs, you know, to the bylaws to, um, you know, how do you how do you make sure your time management between committee meetings mentoring the team and, you know, making sure the members are happy and, and food and beverage. And, and, you know, our big thing is Marina and food and beverage. That's what we have. So we have to, um, you know, do the best there. So I, I would say those are my big takeaways and I'm still learning and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn and declutter and rethink of, you know, something new to, to, um, you know, to be a better person and be a better mentor. And it's been a great, it's been a great ride, it really has. And and like I said, I'll keep learning. And, you know, each year I have a new Commodore that's different and there'll be different set of challenges. And I have to understand what those are early. So I know the hot buttons and I know how to stay in front of it. And it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. If you can, going back to when you were first, you know, jumping into this, you know, week one, week two, month, you know, one, two, three, what were some of the bigger challenges or things you may have not expected that popped up that you didn't anticipate for in terms of like, you know, whatever it is, committee stuff or issue, you know, because uh, you jumped into so much. Uh, do, you, do you remember anything? Absolutely. I remember um, quite a few things, actually. Um, uh, there was a GM here two GMs ago that died in a motorcycle accident. So the team really loved him and he went through every position to get to where he was a GM and he passed away. And then the, the next, I felt for the next guy to take over because it was just extremely difficult. Well, I was the next guy to take over where, he, you know, he didn't do so well with, um, you know, being empathetic with the team. So my, 30, 60, 90 day plan was to, to, it was in different increments like that, come in, not make a lot of change because I had no idea, you know, what, what was the status and what, what was, you know, how was the club? Um, and, and they were, they were used to being very hands-on and I don't think they've, they ever had a certified club manager at their club. So it took, it took a lot of communication and a lot of um, changing what how I run things. You know, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, this isn't this isn't for profit anymore. You know, this is break even. 
and the philosophy change has been, you know, food and beverages, amenity that the members consume year over year, right? It's period. That's it. It's dues is your dues is the most important. Well, that wasn't how the, you know, for profit was for profit was like, let's do 60 weddings. Let's, you know, let's really, really, you know, try to make as much as we can on real estate and, you know, not lose so much in the club or make money in the club. So I think the, the, the big thing was make sure that I didn't make any big changes for the first 90 days. Come in, listen, learn, understand the team. Uh, I remember making a phone call to um, the clubhouse manager who's still here, and he was the interim GM. And I said, look, you know, I wanted to call you before I got there. I know you had your hat in the ring. They, they overlooked you, but I need you to be there because you've been there a long time. I need your help. And it's been a great partnership. And he still remembers that call that I made before we, before I even showed up. And that, that went a long way to say, you know what? I don't know it all. I need you. I hope you stay. I understand if you don't, but here's who I am. You know, here's Bruce. This is what I want to, you know, I want to make it better. Um, and once I got through those 90 days, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it really started to take off that the club needs, the board and the club needs to have a strategic plan, needs to, you know, understand the, the club business as far as what dues and capital dues and, and what they mean and what they do. And, um, and it's been a good journey because we did, as you know, we did a major renovation uh, last year. We did a $3.7 million renovation, the kitchen and the back of the house. Looks so good. Yes, it was so needed. And it just, it, it's, it's basically the heart of the club has been redone. And, and you and I and anybody else will never go through another kitchen renovation at this club because we did it and we, we did it right. Um, so I, I just remember learning a lot about rules and regs, uh, governance. Um, I had to di- dive into the bylaws. I had to, um, you know, really communicate with some of the other GMs. I went and met um, a GM at the Oaks. I went up to Tampa Yacht and Country Club. I really wanted to, you know, sit down with those guys and and have lunch and say, look, I don't I don't know this stuff. You got to help me. And they've been great all the way through. Definitely. How long was the previous GM there for? He was there a couple of years, I want to say. And um, I just think that he he had a different philosophy than me. He he wanted to um, make certain numbers off the you know the backs of the team, and I'm more about you know, let's, let's build, let's build up the programming. Let's build up the team. Let's make sure they're, they're, they're paid well because I know happy team makes for happy members and just had a totally different, you know, uh, just a different philosophy. So in a way I came in a little bit as a hero because when I met with the, with the uh, search committee, I said, you know, but it's, it's not going to be the same way you guys have always had it. And so that's what we want you to do. We want you to come in, spend money, make the club better. Yeah. You know, um, I, we talked about being a club of, you know, club of distinction. And I believe this club can be that. And it has a lot of benefits and a, it's a lot of hard work. But I believe the club, I can, we can take the club to a club of distinction. And that, that um, you know, uh, has some financial 
responsibility. When I started the, at the club, we had 580 members. We almost have 780 now. We have kids programming. We have, you know, uh, you know, we've raised initiation. We've raised dues. We've we've got capital money where we did projects. We're looking at project two. You know, we've hired new people. We've, I, I think, I'm, there's a lot to be proud of. Um, that every everybody's hard work. Um, you know, all the way through. But different Commodores, I had to learn different things, you know, throughout the year. And I mentioned that earlier. And, um, you know, it was just I, I was used to if somebody came in and wanted to be a member and I knew they were a good sailor, I could wheel and deal. And that's not the case here. It's cut and dry. Mm. Like I can say, OK, our our initiations, 8000. I'm going to do 6000 for you, but I want you to teach, you know, once a week, the kids and, and you know what I mean? I had a lot yeah. of power, bargaining power. Now, um, you know, I run operations. I take care of the team. I, you know, make sure that I give them the tools they need to do their job. And the board is the visionary, strategic thinking, you know, long term. How do we gain assets? How do we? And um, and that's what I that's what I've had to learn over the five years. Going back a tiny bit, when you say the GM was backending the the staff staff or something, what I don't know if that's just me like being dumb, but what does that mean? Well, it means that he would make decisions on quality and make sure the budget was met, where I would make sure that we might go over a lot on the budget, but we have a low attrition rate of members leaving because the quality's there. That's what I mean. So almost, gotcha. almost on the back of the employees. So he would keep the employee pay down. He would keep quality down. He would buy inexpensive things to where I'm more of, we need to buy the right thing the first time, even if it's 10 grand, you know, we just, we need to do it. And um, so I think that's what I, that's what I mean on that subject. Gotcha. I didn't know if you meant like he was like skimming off the back or something like pay for play. Like you want to work here. (laughs) 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 How bad do you like boats? Yeah. It just has a different philosophy. In other words, I'd rather do things right, be over and it hurts my bonus a little bit, but I know it's the right things and take care of the employees than to cut something to make sure I reach my bonus. That makes sense. So bonus is, is the last thing I worry about. It's, it needs to be the right thing for the club. And, and, you know, like I said, happy employees, happy, happy uh, members. Well, you know, and when you showed me that kitchen, I've been at so many clubs and a lot of them are very proud of their kitchens and take me through and yours, who that thing is massive. And just, it's, it's, it has anything and everything. And it's so well organized in the thought process and the uh, placement of everything and the flow. Um, And then you redid some of like the dining room to accommodate that as well. Right. Uh, To all do that, that whole flow. And I know sometimes, you know, just chatting with clubs, isn't it hard to get it? Cause your, your members were behind it, which, um, 
you know, I think we talked about how that's not always the case. Like it's hard to get them behind such bigger investments that aren't visually for them that they can see. Absolutely. I think that whole process was, went very well. We went from, uh, we did a member survey. We did focus groups that were small, you know, 10 or 12. We had an outside consultant do that. We had an outside consultant do the survey. We did town halls where we showed all the pictures. We had the architects and, you know, builders there. We felt like nobody could say we didn't try to give everybody a chance on this project early and often communicated. I did our newsletters. We did, you know, tried to e-blast everything to make sure we communicated. I think on the survey was a section on the kitchen and roof. And every member knew that we needed to redo the roof and knew that the kitchen was, you know, just in disrepair. So I think it'd been, it'd been deferred so long that it was, you know, it was a good topic to, to bring up and say, okay, now how do you want to pay for it? Okay, so we can, we can knock the club down. We can do it in, in project phases you know, kitchen and roof being number one, we can do it on dues increase, we can do it on assessment, we can do it as a bank loan, we can do it in a combination. So um, they said, don't tear the club down, we love our club, let's fix it in phases, and let's do it over time through our dues and initiation. And that's what we're doing. We did a bank loan also, uh, because we had money in the bank. And then, uh, so we did a loan, and we're paying on that. But we've, We've increased we've increased our dues and initiation uh, year you know every year substantially because we were so far behind and but I think the process was great we made we said we were, we had goals like we're not going to close we're gonna you know at first it was like okay Bruce we're gonna get you a little you know grill out front I'm like no we need a commercial kitchen. We need, you know, 42 feet or, or, you know, bigger here. I went to, you know, a, a company, I already had the information and they're like, we don't need to spend this money. I'm like, we don't have a choice because we will lose members if we don't take care of them. And, and, and we didn't, we didn't lose any extra and, and we re- have to remind the members that they said they want, you know, to pay for the major projects and their dues. And that's okay. It's an easy, easy topic to have or easy conversation to have. Yeah. But, but I think the process went really well and we're going to do project two the same way. And that was like the, the roof deck or like the, the top part. Yeah. That, that's going to be really, yeah. really cool. Especially after seeing your, yeah. your layout out, out back, that's going to add so much more space and uh, opportunities in revenue from events and different things. Um, Absolutely. Do you happen to know random question? Uh, the loan type and how you work that out with the bank. You said it was like three point some some million. Uh, how much of that did yeah. you finance, and how long did you finance that for? Great question. So we did. Uh, we we spent a million dollars of our own money. You said that the <clears throat> the kitchen was shiny and had everything that's needed in there. Well, a million dollars went to equipment. So very expensive, <clears throat> and. Uh, we, we went with, we, we uh, interviewed multiple banks. We went with Bank of America. We did a loan for 2.7. <clears throat> and 
we got a really good interest rate and we locked in for 10 years on that. So pretty, pretty smart of us. And of course, if we need to do it again, we can hopefully, you know, get that same interest rate, but we locked in. We, the, the, the nice thing is we had some buying power with transferring all our banks to them, right? We were not banking with mm. them. So all our, all our dues and all our operating and capital went to Bank of America and they did a great job to, to get us the loan. And we, we couldn't, we couldn't sign with the local guy because we had to go with, with them and the interest rate. Interest rate was a big deciding factor. And as you know, there's a lot of smart members in clubs that can help you with all this stuff. Of course. Um, so you, you surround yourself with a lot of smarter people than yourself. And, you know, we, we did very well. She comes, uh, uh, my person at Bank of America co- comes and visits ask about operations. She asks about how I am. She cares about, you know, the GM. And because she has Sarasota Yacht Club, Venice Yacht Club, you know, three or four other clubs, ah. so she understands how it works. So so we have a, a, a mod, an operation mod that we have to keep. And and so she comes and checks on us and super nice lady. And, and we chat and, you know, more of a, you know, temperature check and house membership and house things. And so it's, you're, you're in partnership with the banks. Thousand percent. And yeah, it was just a nice plug for our show board chats here on private club radio, but we just did a a board chat episode and we were just talking about that, which is why it was, it was front of my mind. And they were just saying how so many clubs get into trouble because, you know, whether they don't take the surveys or don't take the time to do whatever, and they just kind of, you know, take these crazy finance deals over, you know, 20, 30 years. And you're just kind of passing the buck onto the the next kind of not generation, but like the next group of people. Um, so I was just interested yeah. since everything was going so well. I wanted to see how you uh, what the process was like fi- financing that a bit. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good question. Well, sir, it has been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you being on, and uh, I will probably see you sooner than later. (laughs) All right, my man. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, and whatever you need, let me know. Thanks. Hope you all enjoyed that episode. If you did, please share it with somebody else who you think might also enjoy it. Your support goes a really long way. Thanks again. Catch you on the flippity floppity.